Hello, and welcome back to episode five of the Zeitgeist podcast with Derek and Connor. In today's episode, Derek and I break down what makes a Gary Halbert sales letter so persuasive. If you're unfamiliar with Gary, he is a copywriting legend who sold over one billion US dollars of product by mailing letters to people and having them reply with a check or cash. Insane, I know. But because his letters performed so well, they are one of the best places to learn practical psychology and understand what makes humans tick. Without further ado, enjoy the show. Basically, there's only so many ways you can influence people. And um, there are these, there's like the best sales letters of all time. And you know they're the best of all time because back in the day, you had to send, you had to pay to send mail. You can't do that mm. unless you're making money. So if someone's sending a letter year after year after year, they're making money with it. You get the idea? Yeah. So some of these sales letters made literally $2 billion, one from the Wall Street Journal. Uh, that's the one I, I put in my last blog post. But like, um, this one is called <laughs> Amazing Money Secret from a Desperate Nerd in Ohio. <laughs> like something about that is so compelling. I can't really put my finger on it. I can try. I can try. First of all, amazing. It's like, okay, amazing. Money making is alliteration. Secret is a very persuasive word. Everybody wants to know the secret on the inside. They want to be part of that. Desperate nerd. Like, come on. That is great. Yeah. And <laughs> Ohio. Mid, right? It's average. Ohio. Yeah. So it's like if, if, if someone in Ohio could do it, I could do it. Yeah. For those of us who are in Ohio. <laughs> yeah. And it's like, one thing they always do in all the best sales copy, they're very specific. They say, my friend, John, my friend, Derek, they say, I was in my apartment in Ohio. They don't say I was at home. They say, mm -hmm. I don't know why. There's something about being specific enough to let the prospect visualize. It's very persuasive somehow. I don't know. Do you want to go through these from this letter? It's not that many. Yeah, I'm... I'm totally into that. I think this is really helpful. One thing that comes up time and time again, I call this, you're in the right place question, right? The, the, the subheading above this amazing money secret, money-making secret from a desperate nerd in Ohio <laughs> is need some fast cash, you know? Prospect says, yes, commitment, right? Just getting the, thread the needle. What does John say? Move the needle. Move the needle. Move the needle, right? Because I'm saying yes. Okay, okay, I'm I want this, right? Or think about the post I just made. How to make yourself luckier. Okay, I want to be luckier, right? I'm in the right place. This idea of power nerds, uh power words, sorry, right? Desperate nerd. That is like so <laughs> that says so much. It's or big fat joke, you know. I was a big fat joke, humiliated, powerful amazing right so just there's some words that are very um persuasive and then basically from copywriting i've learned there's only two ways to start a communication there are and this is so freeing because once you know that you don't have to spend time thinking you know it's principles it's if then there are literally only two ways to start a presentation to start a youtube video it's or to start a tweet twitter thread it's promise value or jump right into a story, right? Put the man in the jungle. 
drop mm-hmm. the man in the jungle with a lion chasing right it, it doesn't have to be that extreme but those are the only two options and go watch any successful youtube video uh youtube youtuber that's exactly what they do mr beast today i'm gonna recreate skip skip games right <laughs> sorry today i'm gonna recreate squid games they're gonna be a crazy thing and someone's gonna win four hundred fifty thousand dollars right he's promising insane entertainment value just straight away that's how he starts his videos you know or the other option is to start with a story when i was in college i saw a beautiful girl reading a german book you know (laughs) that's how i start when i when i'm talking to high schools in germany but that's it and it's so freeing and i've seen these time and time again whether it be in ads or like you said successful videos so i know i recognize that pattern now that you pointed out exactly it's just a pattern and we can use it too all right next one you ready i'm ready next one is anticipate objections um this is i think something you could definitely use right because the more time you spend in a market the more you know what people don't want to hear anymore mm-hmm. the more you know there think okay that's a scam i don't know do you is there something like that in real estate yeah i'm thinking i could pick up the phone and say i'm not going to sell your property today right like they're like oh, okay thank god <laughs> <laughs> or i'm not going to try to sell your property right now like oh shit thank god because i get that a lot that's the biggest thing is people assume as soon as they say, hey, it's Derek Branch with all the Pacific, I'm a multifamily broker. The first thing that they think of is, fuck, I'm not selling my property. Or I don't know this guy, why would I sell with him? You know, so I think I, this could be useful. You want to know a solution that you can you can build with that? Mm-hmm. Um, similar, it's very similar to the strategy I used to do that viral tweet. Have something pre-made say hey this is Derek Branch from Alden Pacific I have a an educational um a 20 page ebook for multifamily homeowners for everything you need to know about the new California anti-landlord laws or, or something that you have good knowledge on that you're enthusiastic to make that would be valuable. Mm. just literally just start calling people hey do you want this or I have this for you or find a way to get their email that's a that's a great idea. I do uh, s- some sort of variation on that. When I call people, I'll say, "Hey, it's Derek Branch with All the Pacific, a multifamily multifamily broker in Long Beach." Wait for their response, and then I'll ask a question. Say, "Hey, have you have you seen that property down the street, like twelve thirty Ohio? It's a six unit. Have you have you seen that one?" And they're like, "Huh? What?" And wait for them to respond. And then I, I go and kind of like tell them about this recent sales comp that traded in the area. So I'm like trying to give them value. And that that's actually had the most success um, out of anything. But I think to go deeper into that idea with your suggestion, I have actually created an Excel sheet with hundreds of data points on pieces of property that traded in, in these specific markets. And I, I could come up with a way to make that look nice and be de- easily digestible and, and offer it to them. I think that's fantastic. That's a fantastic idea. Yeah. Another way you could do this, I remember I, I was listening to a podcast is to say, 
here are the five questions you need to ask every real estate agent before you work with them or something. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. That sounds a little salesy, but um, yeah. So just, it's like building reciprocity into it and, and starting Mm -hmm. from a place of I'm here to provide you with value. I'm not here to take from you. Like, Mm -hmm. and and it's the truth. It really is the truth. Um, Well, it should be. And, I think once I mean, it is that people, yeah. people if, if you don't know somebody, especially so it's such a pure art when it comes to cold calling, because you've never likely never met this person on the other end of the line. They don't know who you are. You don't know them. And it's just like you come together on the line. So if you don't have something that's interesting or valuable to them, you can't convince them of that in the first 10 seconds, they hang the phone up. So yeah, absolutely. I agree. It's, you need to provide the value right away. Yeah, that's it. All right. Next one, specific place, specific name. These are huge, right? Uh, my friend, John always says, or we, we talked about this already. All right. Next one is repetition and specifically reusing words from the headline, right? Mirroring mm-hmm. the headline. Um, so he says, nerd like 10 times throughout this piece not maybe not 10 but and i also did that in this one on purpose right um make yourself luckier i said that in the headline and in the first intro paragraph because i don't know there's something about consistency and what gets repeated gets remembered i love that saying what gets repeated gets remembered yeah it's so true bro it's true Next one is like, just straight up be funny, be yourself, right? Like he's like, in this letter, he's describing his direct response process. He, and he said, 20,000 people responded with checks made out to my wife. That's just funny. Like, <laughs> it was, it's true, actually. I, I read the letter he's talking about. He said, you should give it to Nancy Halbert or whatever. But, you know, just like, it doesn't have to be. I think that we get into this business mode, put on a suit and think like, we're not people anymore. Have you, you mm. were more entrenched in the business world. You've probably seen this more than I have. Yeah. It's, it's a hundred percent of the time, the people who fall into that trap are the least successful. <laughs> and John is so fun, bro. Your boss, he's, he's the man, you know, it's like, and he's doing great. Exactly. I mean, relationships are what really sells. And the only way to have a relationship is to, you know, just be a human. People, people really just neglect themselves when they try to be overly professional. And that's not how you build a relationship. Right. And it's just... nobody, nobody wants to be friends with a robot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And also I've heard from Evan Pagan. Evan Pagan. Uh, he's like a, one of the original internet markers. Um, so people don't even want to do business at all. People want to, first of all, they, they want to do business with an individual. They don't want to do it with a big corporation. And then mm-hmm. beyond that, he says, they don't even want to do business. They just want to have a relationship. And mm-hmm. as, if you can make it as much, like you said, a relationship as possible, you're going to be doing much better. Yeah, I like that. So what do you mean by, what did he mean by people don't want to do business? Could you do you know anything more on that? So he sold an ebook called Double Your Dating. And mm-hmm. it was called David D'Angelo. 
I don't know if this was before our time, but apparently this was really big in the 2000s. And every time, so Craig Clemens is one of the copywriters I've been learning from. He sort of mentored under Evan. Evan was like the original like direct response uh, on the internet, bringing these principles that had worked really well in mail, newspaper, print to the internet. And he was making like 70,000 a month from this shit. And because um, oh. it's maximal leverage, you know, it's, it's just, it's crazy. If you can get really persuasive on the internet, there's hardly a better, hardly a more powerful skill set in the world, I think, than mm-hmm. leveraging persuasiveness on the internet. Um, anyway, like it, everything was conversational, all the copy. It was like, hey man, it's David here. And it's like, you know, I know how that feels to be sitting alone on a Friday night. I used to be in your shoes. And and then what I did was I I I said, I noticed Derek over there was really good with the ladies. So I said, Hey, Derek, can I follow you around this Friday night and just buy all your drinks? And um, he let me do that. And that's how I learned. So I learned from osmosis. <laughs> and that's what I'm offering you now with my interview series. You know, <laughs> it's just like, <laughs> it's like very conversational and people. Yeah. I don't know. Exactly. I like that. Yeah. I like that. Very conversational being subtle about about the business yeah it, it, in a way it is like medicine that you're swallowing when when you're like business you know doing transactions specifically i'm thinking about it as it as it relates to you know my sales cycle with with escrows and real estate um it, it's there's always more friction when when i try to present something in a way that's overly rigid that's business uh like it it's when it feels like business is what i'm saying like it feels bad it feels definitely people want to play bro people want to have fun i think that Mm -hmm. is such yeah you know, I actually just noticed another parallel. This is a little bit off track, but I just came from Muay Thai and I'm learning how to fight a little bit better because I've been training a lot. And one of the biggest things I've noticed when sparring is the better fighters are always more relaxed and playful with their movements. And it, it's almost the same thing because when you're too rigid and it, it almost presents like this nervousness and anxiety and you you start to get in your own head and overthink things. That's when you get hit the most. Um, but I think it's the same with conversation and, and doing business. The more you relax, almost the more you make the other person relax and you interface better, less friction. The question now is how to relax. How do you relax? Well, what came to mind for me is just moving away from taking moving away from scarcity mindset and saying i'm here to give and we can all be rich in terms of business at least i I actually had a really hard time of calming down during high school basketball and it made me Mm. a much worse player i know exactly Mm -hmm. what you're talking about right now with muay thai is it muay thai muay thai muay thai um but i think just just moving like into this sort of we are all going to make it to take a web three crypto term mindset. Of <laughs> everybody can win. Everybody can be rich. And it's about creating value. It's about 
giving more than you take. Like, yes, I'm here to make money, but I'm only going to make money if I'm providing excess value. Mm. So then it's like, duh, nothing to feel bad about. Yeah, I like that. It, it, it is like, I'm trying to think about how you stay relaxed in the sales cycle. I mean, that's just something that I guess has to be trained and understood. So nothing to necessarily do there. Shots on goal also. Shots on goal. Repetition. Yeah. And, you know, you, you I think noticing the patterns is another big thing, you know, if you know, okay, when I give a speech, there's only two options. I either promise value and deliver, or I start with a story. Then next time you have to give a speech, you're pretty chill. Cause you're like, okay, that's what I do. Mm -hmm. You know, I actually noticed another thing here, listening to the new cold callers that would come into the office, they would always be nervous that they didn't know what to say. And that was the, the direct source of their failure. Mm. So it's just it's like this vicious cycle that I guess, like you said, the solution is just know what you're going to say and, and be confident is another thing, confidence that you actually are providing value. Cause that was a switch for me. As soon as I realized, oh, I'm actually helping these people that I'm doing business with completely changed my mindset and allowed me to be more successful, worry less. That's it. That's it. And that confidence in yourself. Going into these situations, I'm here to give. I'm not here to take and, and meaning mm -hmm. it. And, and it's really possible to do. And the way to do that is to become competent. Like you said, like you mm -hmm. have been cold calling. Now, you know, sort of what to do. You have a better idea of what works, what doesn't work. And yeah, so it's, it's kind of a catch 22 because, you know, yeah, you got to get in there though, get your feet wet, but Cool. What's uh, next? Next one. This is classic. This is just, uh, oh, sorry. Before the classic one, uh, describe the prospect and their problem. So one of the things that these guys that ship 30 for 30, Dickie Bush and Nicholas Cole say is writing for everyone is writing for no one. Mm -hmm. All the people you look up to are, are polarizing in some way, right? Elon is very polarizing. Um, Naval is polarizing. There's a lot of people who think making money is evil. So when, so inherently what Naval says is garbage, right? So mm -hmm. you have to take a stand and say, Hey, this is for this person. This, so, mm -hmm. and by doing that, a lot of people don't want to do this because it, it inherently closes off some people from your work, from your writing. But what it does is it latches on the people you really want to reach out to. Right. So he says, who does this work for? He says, are you a salesman? He needs more leads. That's the first point. It's like, are you a, a divorce, recently divorced housewife who needs a way to quick make money fast? You know, it's like you describe them and um, it, it feels risky because like you said, you block off some people, but you, you target in and you make a connection with the few people who actually matter. Yeah. I guess the, the challenge here would be making it specific enough that the person reading the letter doesn't think it's bullshit. Right. 
Yeah, I, like, think I, I think I don't understand this one enough, actually. No, it, it makes sense to me. Okay. Like, because you have to describe the prospect and the problem, but it can't be a problem that everybody experiences. At least I don't think so, because that's making it for everyone. And thus no one. So it's like, I'm trying to th think about it in context of my business, specifically like property owners. It can't just be like, oh, are you a property owner who owns a ton of real estate? <laughs> like, of course you'd write that, you know? Like what, what would you, what would you write in this case? Like if you wanted to get at a, a large property owner, I guess you have to know that a problem that they might have and just choose one of those potential problems and you're going to miss on probably most of those letters you send. No? Or, or would you try to get every one? Well, I think you have a really good point. First of all, you have to understand the market. You have to understand the prospect. You have to get in their head. Craig Clemens recommends mm -hmm. you write an autobiography, right? I'm Jose. I have three kids. I have this, this growing property uh, portfolio. You get it, right? And then you keep going. And I'm nervous about paying for my kids' college in 10 years. The last thing I want is to return to my humble beginnings, right? And then you really start to understand their hopes, fears, dreams, wants, desires. And mm -hmm. that's a powerful idea. But I, I wait, I just want to bring this back to you for a second, actually. Think about this. There's a copy, there's an advertisement for a networking event. It's saying, hey, would you like to network with other real estate please? Okay, sure enough, with other real estate agents. Would you like to network with other East Coast transplant living in the South Bay of Los Angeles real estate agents? Think about the difference. You read that and you say, mm -hmm. what the fuck? That's me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's like, what? what is that? What level of specificity is it so that you still have a large enough pool where this is you sending these letters is going to be worth your while but at the same time creating that rack reaction that you just described mm, it depends on your intention i think depends on your intention if you're looking for audience building i think mm -hmm. the big framework is health wealth and relationships right those are the big three things that everyone kind of cares about to an extent mm. So that's another thing to say. The size of the question determines the size of the audience. So if you're looking to, to build, like that's why this lucky post is, is pretty versatile. Everybody wants to be luckier. But if you, I think with your business, you could get really specific. You could really benefit from like crazy specificity. Yeah, I, I, I think I could. I'm thinking of two right now. Um, I don't know if it's necessary to go into what those are, but. Yeah, we'll come back. Come uh, back to it. write it down. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Next one. If yes, then X. Right. This is just formula uh, algorithm. Right. If you agree, then you should try my crazy new idea. Right. <laughs> it's just it's pacing. It's moving the needle. It's really simple. But you have this throughout the post. And then I love this point. Just crazy descriptive language. Like, don't say. You're going to sell a lot of product. Say you're going to sell so many widgets that you have to run extra shifts just to keep up with demand. All right. Don't say you're going to make a lot of money. Say you're going to have a hard time getting all the checks to the bank. That's literally what he says. That's a quote from the article. <laughs> that is so fun. You know, 
Another big one that I see time and time again is sharing. I call this admitting a flaw, but it's not really a flaw. It's, it's, mm. it's, a, it's a mini flex, actually, because if you admit a flaw, you say, oh, but I'm not there. You know, desperate money make desperate nerd in Ohio, right? He's saying, I was a desperate nerd in Ohio. But when you read this post, you say, oh, he's not anymore. So it's not even a flaw anymore. It's showing his competency, if anything, because he overcame that. Right. So that's why people are always mentioning when I was a door to door salesman or when I was a busboy in a German restaurant on Long Island. Mm. People always say this shit. It humbled. It's, it's like, oh, he was there. I can get to him too. I can be like him too. Yeah. It's definitely building rapport. Yeah. There's something about it. All right. Two more. I like that. Senses. All the great copy uses multiple senses. Right. Mm. You see, listen, I see this time and time again throughout every like legendary sales letter, they use multiple senses. I don't know why. Why do you think so? So what do you mean here? Can you clarify this point? Um, like they, they include like sight, smell, hearing, taste, touch throughout all the copy letters like um whether it's these little instructions you see i was really broke or listen i'm not saying you're going to get rich really quick but they specifically use different senses um or Mm. i think it kind of just makes for a more immersive experience yeah it's just engaging i guess when you know you could you can smell the money, you know, first you, you, whether you like it or not, your brain is going to stop for a second. Like just imagine the scent of money. When you said that, I a hundred percent felt that I latched on. Yeah. Yeah. Like, and that's such a, it's such a powerful smell. Everybody knows the smell of money. (laughs) (laughs) It's like, yeah. But yeah, I think it, it, whether you're, whether you understand what's happening or not, it's it's true. So that's really powerful if you can use it the right way. Yeah. So thinking about how to incorporate senses is a big one. Last one that I got Mm -hmm. from this one, I didn't finish uh, um, transplanting my notes to this database, but name your own shit, right? He calls it RCS, remote control selling. (laughs) (laughs) like it's basically just direct response marketing but he calls it remote control selling and and people do this all the time uh frank kern Mm -hmm. is really famous um direct response consultant and he calls it my giant balls guarantee says if i like he says if you don't get a lot of value from our phone call i'll pay you a thousand bucks or something (laughs) wow the giant balls yeah so I like that one a lot, just being creative with names. That is cool. Yeah. These are yeah. these are great, dude. Yeah, it's so freaking exciting. It, it is it's super exciting. And I'm how how are you gonna use it to make money? 